Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. everybody welcome back to the locked on red wings podcast today is tuesday september 22nd 2020 i'm your host detroit sports writer noel bianchi and today we've got more draft profiles for you guys it's a two profile tuesday but one of them was posted on monday so i guess technically it's not a two profile tuesday but uh the second profile of the week on the second day of the week Let's just go with that. Um, and we've got Steve Cornianos back with us again today. The draftanalyst.com, the draft analyst podcast. Steve is one of the key sources of information uh, for you to dig into all things involving the NHL draft prospects. Two, three years out, it doesn't matter. He's got you covered. And he has graced us today with his uh, presence to talk with us about Ozzy Weisblatt. He's a, he's a guy that the Red Wings could target and uh, maybe the second or, or third round of the NHL draft, uh, which will take place October 6th. Just a really interesting guy with a really interesting backstory and somebody who could be an intriguing player for the Red Wings with one uh, uh, one of those numerous second round or even some of their third round picks. Uh, you know, perhaps he's still on the board. They consider going in that direction. So uh, good conversation with Steve. As always, a delight to have him on the podcast. Go check him out. Go follow him on Twitter at The Draft Analyst. Uh, just great content nonstop. And we are really excited about this upcoming NHL draft, the endless possibilities. The Red Wings have a lot of picks, and I can't help but sitting here and, and watching game two of the Stanley Cup Finals between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Dallas Stars. Get excited uh, about the prospect of some of those guys turning into future uh, pieces on a contending team. But we won't keep you any longer. We'll cut right to the chase. Uh, Steve, oh, remember to rate, review, subscribe. And uh, programming note tomorrow, just a reminder, we'll be back with uh, Kyle Demetrius of the Lockdown Sharks podcast. Going to dance on the graves of the Islanders. And the Golden Knights. It gets pretty, uh, cons- it was one of our most happy, giddy, uh, Dancing on Graves episodes yet. So you're not going to want to miss it. Subscribe to our podcast and you'll have it ready for you when you wake up tomorrow morning. That's all we got for you. We'll kick you off to Steve. And then we will, at the same time, in the same place, it is your team every day. There's an old man sitting next to me. All right, we are here with Steve Cornianos, host of the Draft Analyst Podcast and the uh, the site operator at thedraftanalyst.com. We got one more prospect to talk about with you, one of the great names in the 2020 NHL draft. It is Ozzy Weisblatt, the right winger from the Prince Albert Raiders. Can you give us an overview on him? I know we kind of had a breakout year with that team last year, 70 points, uh, 25 goals, 45 assists, and 64 games. What's the book on him? All right, well, I got him ranked 52nd, and the central scouting is very high on him. They got him ranked 19th overall uh, amongst North American skaters. There's a couple things I like about Wiseblad. Number one is Prince Albert is an elite team in the WHL. They went to the Memorial Cup last year or the season prior, and on that team, he, had a, he was like more of a depth player. They lost a lot of guys to graduation, but even after losing those guys to graduation, they were still competitive in one of the top uh, defenses, or just overall teams, really, in, in the WHL. 
and he was a big part of that. Uh, he played on a line with the Caps prospect named uh, Alexi Protas. And uh, Protas is more like a tall, lanky, deliberate playmaking type. And Wiseblatt was the buzzsaw. He was the guy that was just he's, – he's got excellent speed, excellent agility, uh, different directions, changing directions, strong on the puck. Uh, his draft season started off really well because Team Canada picked him for the Ivan Holinka tournament, which is basically the best CHL group that they could send because it doesn't interfere with the schedule. So when you see a, a Team Canada roster for the Ivan Holinka, the under-18 tournament, that's Canada's best. That's their best on best. That's their, uh, the same thing as uh, Canada sending a team to the Olympics or sending a team to the World Juniors. They have a very tough camp. And Wiseblatt went there and impressed and got a job and was actually pretty good at the tournament. Listen, uh, they, they lost – Prince Albert, that is. They, they lost, I think, eight of their top nine scorers from a season ago. And he was able to step in and fill that void uh, rather seamlessly. So he plays at a very high pace. He's, like you said, he's got the points, over a point a game player. Uh, he could be a playmaker. He could be a finisher. He could be fancy. He makes a ton of deeks from in tight. So he's got the, that confidence uh, going with him. And uh, I, like I said, I like the story too. I like the fact that he comes from a big family. His mom uh, legally blind. And she was a single mom raising her four sons. So you know that the kid... Uh, has to be ground. I don't want to speculate, uh, or, uh, mm -hmm. but you have to assume that uh, he's going to be a humble, well-grounded uh, kid growing up in that kind of a situation. And you watch interviews with him. He, he just comes across like a great, great human being. And uh, he really cares. He, I really, he shows up to play. He doesn't complain. He's pretty much what you want in a forward prospect. So uh, I, I would, uh, he's one of those guys where I ranked him in the fifties. I'm like, man, I, I want to get this kid into the first round. And it's just the problem when, when you watch, I don't know, seven, 800 kids a year, you start yeah. to like them. They become pets and you like them and you're <laughs> like, well, I, I can't, you know, give the last uh, bit of food to this dog and not let the other dog get some either. <laughs> Eventually you run out of food and some of the dogs uh, can't eat. So, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, it's, it's a tough, tough situation uh, when you're doing this evaluation. I always try to tell people that uh, don't look at the ranking, look at the report. That's it. You know, the ranking doesn't mean a whole lot. Just look at the report. Look at the the assessment. It was uh, it was designed and, and compiled over a full season, multiple viewings uh, against all types of opponents, strong, weak, international league play. You name it. And I, I, this kid's aces. He's aces. He's definitely first round quality. That you'll find uh, pretty close to it at least. So. We'll get back to the interview with Steve Cornianos in just a moment, but first, I gotta talk to you guys today about rockauto.com. They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Because they're a family business, they know the importance of quality care at a reasonable price. They know that one reason to repair and maintain your cars is so that you can save money. Go on a nice family trip, shell out a little extra dough for those Christmas presents. It's it's almost October, not too early to start thinking about that kind of stuff, guys. Uh, and you'll be able to save money when you shop at rockauto.com instead of taking your car to a mechanic or going to one of those local chain stores. You know, the storefronts, you got to go there. The counterman's all mean and, and burly looking, and you're afraid because he's less or totally more of a man than you, and he knows it, and, and it's just a weird dynamic. Uh, I'm sure everybody feels that. So why would you experience that? When you can have the comfort and ease of rockauto.com, their categorizing is simple. You don't need a counterman to tell you what you need because you can find it yourself 
through their uh, online catalog. It's unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. So why would you spend twice as much for the same auto parts when you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck? Do that, and then when you get there, just write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. It's the least you can do for us hooking you up with some great deals, some great auto parts for your car before we head off into the winter. Just write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. They've got amazing selection. They've got reliably low prices, and they've got all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Uh, what do you make of players who have experienced winning championship in junior leagues or tournaments? Like, uh, does having a winning pedigree like automatically make him a more prized possession? Uh, because of like experience in like comp- tougher competition, really kind of like I guess no matter uh, like what role you played. That's a great question, and it's very. It's, it's, scouts love that. The scouts love it. They they love to see. It's like anything, like you want to see someone in a compromising situation and you want to check their level of resiliency. You want to see them face or face off against a better player or you want to see them match up against a tougher opponent. You want to see him get in a board battle with a bigger defenseman. You want to see him fight for net front positioning against one of the meanest defensemen in the league. Little things like that, those battles within the battles are very important and you'll see stuff like that and a lot of my scouting reports, that's what I look for, where you'll see kids, they got tiny heart syndrome, you know, they, 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 they're willing to give in and let the other guy get positioning on him. And they, they're looking to run to the bench. Oh, I played my 45 seconds. Now I'm time to get a rest. Whereas, you know, that was the big uh, factor in ranking Joel Farabee ahead of Oliver Wallstrom. Uh, I was, I think I was the only guy that did it. And the reason why was I watched a block of games and I saw Farabee at the U18 Five Nations, so it's best on best, a very intense competition, uh, refuse to go to the bench. He was out there. He had one two-minute, 30-second shift. He had to because, you know, it was just the, the way the play was unfolding uh, to help out, whereas Wallstrom, he couldn't wait to get off the ice. Uh, so I, if you want to call that a knock on Wallstrom, fine. I still ranked him, I think, in the top 10. But uh, in, in terms of that experience against meaningful games – I look at who the coach is putting on the ice. If a coach is putting a 17-year-old kid on the ice on a, for a defensive zone face-off in a 3-2 game against a, you know, a team that you're fighting for the division title for, then that tells me that the coach is trusting this kid and that he's either proven it in practice or he's proven it in the past in other games where you can rely on him to be smart, uh, to make sound decisions, to be positioned the right way, to not you know, be selfish or do a selfish thing with the puck. Uh, so uh, the deeper you play in the playoffs, the tougher the competition becomes because the enemy has a say too. They want to win. They want to get the title. And so we've seen guys like uh, uh, some, I guess, old school ex- uh, examples. Dan Girardi was uh, not drafted, but he played for, I believe, Sudbury uh, in the OHL. And he had such a strong Memorial cup. He was a warrior, quote unquote, in that Memorial cup. That the Rangers said, you know, we got we to give this kid a contract. We, we, we like those types of plays on our team. And, and he was that kind of a player in the NHL, a warrior, a shot block, or a, a, glue, a glue guy, a grit guy. 
Um, and uh, so he's like one of the guys that really stand out. Uh, I, I had another example, and I forgot it. But um, Mike Richards, that was it. Mike Richards was, of course, on the higher end because he was a highly regarded prospect. He was considered to be a first-round talent. If it, the 2003 draft wasn't one of the deepest ones in history, he probably would have went top 10. But it's what Richards did at, with Kitchener in that postseason. We're like, man, what a winner. We really want kids like that. So it, it helps. You don't want to be the kind of guy that has a reputation that shows up for a big game and, uh, you know, the effort is okay, but you don't produce. You know, teams expect that out of you. So uh, the fact that Weisblatt played in such an intense – if you guys watched – uh, the the series last year between Vancouver and Bowen Byram and Prince Albert in the WHL finals, it went all the way down to overtime at game seven. It was fantastic hockey. And it's one of the reasons why Justin Sordiff is ranked, has been a first rounder for me the whole season is because Sordiff was playing as a draft minus one on that Prince Albert team. And he was driving possession, making plays, throwing his weight around, scoring chances and things like that. I'm like, Oh man, this kid isn't even, draft eligible and he's he's kind of showing up his better teammates mm -hmm. so you, you saw that from Wiseblatt as well obviously on the other team and uh, he had a great year this year he really did what is his path to the NHL is it another year in juniors is he you know how, how long is it going to take him to work out in the AHL like just based on his style of play and what you know about him what is his path to getting uh, to the show uh, he's pretty well rounded uh, I think that it, definitely another year if I could have a blueprint that I would like, or maybe have benchmarks that I would like to see my prospects uh, achieve or reach in their development post draft is one of either, uh, several things, but one of them for the CHL kids is that you go back to junior and you become one of the best players in the league. You're one of the best players on your team in your draft year. Now take the next step. Connor McMichael did that. Moritz Sider did that where, you know, Moritz Sider was easily the best young German defenseman on his team. He was the best young German defenseman on the national level. He went to the uh, – he played at the, the Men's World uh, Championships, right? And he, he did pretty well over there. And uh, he goes to the AHL. And he was not only, the, I think, the top defenseman on the team. I mean, that's the – I mean, there's a couple other guys that had good seasons. But one of the top defensemen on the team and definitely one of the top rookie defensemen in the entire AHL. So, you know, I think that's what you want out of you guys. So for a guy like Weisblatt, you go back to the WHL, you already know that you want to be the top dog for Prince Albert, maybe be one of the top three or four scorers in the league. I don't know. If you're not, not a big deal. It happens. Uh, but uh, he's probably, because of the CHL rule with the age and everything, he's a March 02 birthday, so he hasn't turned 20 uh, for another, uh, like, year and a half, I guess. So you're looking at another full season in the CHL, and then maybe the tail end of his final year in the CHL, you'll, you'll get him up to Grand Rapids and he'll play some, you know, maybe late season AHL action. Mm -hmm. uh, what parts of his game does he have to round out? Uh, I don't know. I mean, to be honest with you, he's pretty good. It, it, he doesn't really, when I watched him, I never came away with the, like, uh, you know, he's really, like some guys, like all the Kaliev, he got to work on his compete level. Noel Gunler. He's got to work on his uh, intensity. Uh, Lucas Raymond, got to work on his decision-making. You know, little things like that, you pick that up. But, but watching uh, uh, Weisblatt play is he, he really doesn't have a lot of weaknesses. He's, he, he can wear multiple hats. He could be a net front guy in a power play. He could control it from the half wall and set up. He could be the one-timer option on the power play. He, he 
I don't think he killed penalties. That's the one thing. So, yeah, if you want to say that uh, there's something he needs to work on, it could be rounding out his defensive game. And it's a, like, knee-jerk to always say that for an offensive-minded forward. But uh, I, I like the fact that he has the ability, he's shown the ability to at least be uh, tenacious on the forecheck and so, so on and so forth. So I do think that there's potential there uh, to be a two-way player. All right, it's draft day. You are Steve Eiserman, general manager of the Detroit Red Wings. One of these, one of the, any number of the, the five picks that they have from like 32 to 65, like you just alluded to, what is the one reason you draft him and what is the one reason that you pass on Ozzy Weisblatt? I draft him because he's definitely a mature, talented kid. Uh, the skill level and the hockey sense, the IQ, the compete level, they, they all work in concert with one another and it's great. Uh, I don't draft him because, again, it, it depends on how the, the wings draft unfolds. But if you're looking at a, uh, a kid who right now is maybe offense only or he's more effective on the puck than he is off it, maybe you, you go for someone that might address a need uh, to become that, like, the more physical, tougher to play against team that the Red Wings want to become. All right. Well, thanks, Steve. We, uh, we appreciate your time here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast today. This was an absolute blast. You're a hilarious guy. You got great insight. We loved having you, and uh, hopefully we can do it again soon. Yeah, if you want to have me back when the draft is all said and done and we could uh, do a quick review, uh, by all means, I'll, I'm available. I'd love that. I'd love, I'd love to. that. would be great. And if, you're ever, uh, if you're ever up near the Plymouth area for, you know, for, some, for some junior hockey, once, this, once the whole crazy thing gets sorted out, you absolutely give me a ring. We'll buy you a beer. And, uh, oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Absolutely. Look forward to running into you uh, later down down the road. But in the meantime, go check out the draft analyst or the draftanalyst.com, the draft analyst podcast. What's your YouTube channel? Because I well, I prospect film room. Prospect film room. Prospect film room. Uh it's got like I think like 50 highlight videos as of right now. I'm gonna add a lot more before the draft hits. So go check it out. Perfect. Well, go check it out. I was a fan of Steve before I even knew he was gonna be on our show, before I even knew that Steve was Steve. Uh, so, so you definitely won't regret it. There, there's going to be, uh, very few places where it's so encompassing, so detailed and, uh, really so knowledgeable. Uh, so go check that out, Steve. Thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your weekend, man. All right, guys. Thanks. Take care. Yep.